Chapter Fourteen of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. Lux in marriage. Those had been Mrs. Mackenzie's words, and they echoed over and over again in the girl's mind during the rest of the day, filling her with indescribable alarm. Was the question really before her again? if so this time it was indeed an unvarnished demand one of simple and austere purport having no part concealed by flattery and adroit artifice jessamine recoiled with a feeling of offence when mrs mackenzie's back was turned she would glance at her with fitful gloom and her lips were proud but mrs mackenzie made no further reference to the subject john came home last night and was lookin for you everywhere said she next morning i'm glad he is back i missed him returned jessamine and he was not forgetten what you asked him to bring here is the paper mrs mackenzie handed her a pink covered journal the very aspect brought back london and ennui she seemed to see the corner table in the drawing-room at home on which the papers were wont to lie she depicted aunt arabella coming into the room in an elegant tea-gown and sitting down upon the armchair by the fire and placing her gold-rimmed pince-nez upon her high-bred ridge and retiring behind the pink sheets these involuntary reminiscences caused her a shiver she glanced at the journal with distaste and went on with her dusting mrs mackenzie who by this time was too much accustomed to the girl's moods to notice them carried the pink paper reverentially out of the way of the dust and unremarked by her placed it on a side-table in her own room thus it happened that society's whispers lay for a day or two unopened in the little square chamber its pink satiny covering looking very much out of place there during these two days the ways of jessamine were beyond calculation and there were moments when good mrs mackenzie gazed surreptitiously at the inscrutable lassie with awe in her eyes so mysterious did the swiftness and variety of her changes appear to the even-natured scotchwoman and during this time jessamine kept herself very much to herself going little abroad and doing much hard work on the afternoon of the third day she came into the little square sitting-room and caught sight of the pink paper whereupon she approached and stood gazing down upon it gloomily her eyes had a hunted look and at the moment the mask-like coldness lay like a blight over her lovely features come said she let me peruse my aunt arabella's favourite pages ere long she was absorbed the sheets really contained a good deal of piquant matter skimming as they did cleverly along the edge of libel it appeared that some scandal the nature of which was insinuated rather than told would shortly involve two exalted families in very unpleasant law proceedings and the members had vied with each other in scattering well-seasoned particulars abroad 
society's whispers had a few delectable passages of its own dark hints on dits and spicy innuendo the jaded interest of society in the dull season being very well whipped up and every means resorted to by which a return to town could be rendered enticing the journal really had a peculiar interest jessamine who had been shut out so to speak from life all these months was quite astonished to see how many names of men and women whom in the great world she had pictured as mirrors of deportment appeared to be trembling on the brink of some scandalous exposure to a quite unsophisticated eye to an untutored mind it suggested that society might be troubled by some vicious cancerous growth whose far-spreading roots could not by any possibility leave any member untouched it really will not astonish me said she if when i turn the next page i find that my aunt arabella has been discovered in a not very reputable locality with some antiquated person of the bluest blood the list of marriages was particularly interesting it was headed by an account of a very grand ceremony and important alliance this was between a middle-aged man of enormous wealth who was familiarly recognized in private circles as next to lord harriet the biggest rake in great britain and a beautiful girl in her teens whose family were permeated with hereditary insanity and who was herself said in strict confidence to have had her moments the object of the alliance was to connect two splendid land properties and to unite the blue blood which it was said the bride brought with the immense amassed capital of the bridegroom with the further object of producing a single unit of the race to inherit in his own person all these pleasing consolidated privileges the alliance had received the highest and most signal support royalty had appeared at the ceremony and all the best nobility had been present as to the clergy they had assembled in such august and overwhelming numbers that there had hardly been a sentence apiece for them to read over the happy pair the law also had been assiduous in confirming the alliance and in tying the two together in a complication of bonds and red tape jessamine dropped the paper and looked up and shuddered it was like a breath of poisonous air she caught sight of the sky and the glint of occasional timid sunshine on the wet eaves of the barn and the big tree near it the fowl cackled below and maisie shouted in the garden she recalled the image of lord harriet the greatest catch in europe and the most debauched of men of lord harriet with his he 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 his moist palm his vile eyes and his heavily scented apparel she thought of his drunken younger brother of his sister a microcephalous idiot of his father dying of paralysis and ungovernable temper and then she thought of colin 
oh colin my joe with your sturdy planting and hoeing and eyes that purely and tranquilly peruse the skies the greatest catch in europe the hateful face was driven out by that of her noble peasant and then she stretched her young limbs in their light clothing and threw back her head to laugh in pure joyousness she would go out presently to colin's farm and though she happened to know he was away she would spend the remainder of the afternoon in treading where his steps were most frequent but there the fear of old rory stopped her her cheek blanched at the thought of him and she stared aimlessly at the wall presently she was back again upon the page and that with great absorption her work neglected and the dishes lying unwashed in the kitchen while mrs mackenzie in scotch patience glanced at the doorway again and again and sighed alas poor jessamine society has a thousand scourges for those who disentangle their will and escape to live a human life humanly and its corruption clings it is a disease not to be vanquished by the sincerest willing it eats into the nature plays havoc with the constancy and vitiates the best intention the next portion of society's whispers contained a summing up of the work of the parliamentary session members had dispersed very late after their exhausting efforts as far as one could judge from the report these endeavors had been directed in a really hard tussle to prevent the rights of humanity encroaching upon the rights of society and they had been successful besides which she learned that the political world had been thrown into agitation because one honourable gentleman had called another honourable gentleman a liar and that considerable time had been spent in arranging the matter there was not it appeared much question about the lie but a nation trembled to see parliamentary etiquette endangered she turned from that impatiently to the ladies column and learned that the laws of fashionable beauty demanded a large excrescence to be carried on the back and waists to be three inches longer and the heel more in the middle of the foot after this came gossip gossip occupied ten pages of the journal and it was these ten pages which really absorbed jessamine they ate into her mind they obliterated the present they altered her sweet face into a semblance of aunt arabella's as she bent over the page scotland the life of the last few months vanished as she perused detail after detail of the familiar world from which she had absented herself habit and familiarity have a terrific power the redeemed tramp they say will leave his model lodging-house and return to his rookery the reclaimed drunkard to his cup the assisted pauper to his wayside begging 
the reformed thief to his practices the civilized savage to his nakedness and tomahawk and as st james long ago remarked with vigorous perspicuity the sow to its wallowing in the mire habit makes slaves of us all the least little clean reach forward or sideways or upward out of the old rut and after an austere attempt to maintain the new adjustment back we drop to the ancient ways with relief and even ecstasy more mournfully tragical than these mysterious personal chains are the inherited tendencies with which we are born the preformed habit which is in us at our birth who that has striven against some evil inheritance that has lifted himself out of it by main force of will does not know the rapture of a relapsed moment nature mocks us with this trick of reversion behind the mounting steps of evolution creeps the stealthy shadow atavism like old guilt which can never be repudiated any more now and then our assured humanity is terrified by seeing an indubitable startling seal of ancestry set on the ill-starred frame of a fellow-man we behold ourselves in him drawn back as with irresistible force to our abhorred beginning a woeful reminder of lineage branded on the common frame but though atavism be rare in the body no mind can call itself safe from the reversionary principle nor dare to say it has fathomed the possibilities within itself nor to affirm that it has never been startled and confused by some unpremeditated action of its own one half of us seems running backward to embrace the unspeakable ancestor while the rest reaches forward to the high level of posterity this is why arguments and preaching are secondary and comparatively useless matters to make real way the child the plastic soul must be taken and set from early years in the rut which on the whole will run to righteousness no soul beating upward from maimed early years with the common hounds of ancestry pursuing him along the road but cries out against the social scheme which lent him no fair start at the commencement to see to it that every man and woman child shall receive their chance in the running the little feet being directed straight from the starting point is work for the statesman and philosopher and the man who is sturdily striving to raise the average of the common mass does more for his nation and his age than any other form of work can do but while we are thus every one of us racing a mad race with the whole wild jumble of our horrible predecessors in full cry behind and while we know that our own heart is apt to play the traitor to us as we go calling to us to turn back and join our own flesh and blood in their lairs we yet commonly permit the early training of a child of rank 
to be a simple pampering of the mouths that will devour him in the end and of the humbler little one we make the starting point a sheer throwing of the young soul to the kennels so that he finds the whole ill brood abreast of him ere yet he has set out on his way jessamine read and read with absorbed interest and burning cheeks the life that had been leaped into prominence from the recesses into which it had been thrust the luxury the triumph the round of varied excitement the flattering crowd of acquaintances and lovers the paper instructed her in the movements of a host of well-known figures society life with its intellectual strain its heart-burnings its peacock pride its corroding personal ambitions its triviality its splendid prizes and dominance its lion-hunting and intoxicating incense its grace and fastidious elegance and the sense of the upper circle its sentimentality and perfumes its clever talk and learning and piquant gossip and dangerous half-breed immoralities all these things the whole of this subtle penetrating highly charged atmosphere returned upon her from the skilful pages as heavy perfumes after purer airs she looked up presently glancing out upon the grey landscape with eyes that discerned it not the farmyard with the loose horse cropping such spare grass as he could find the road the stack in the field and the winding path that crept away to the farm near the fir wood the hills behind with wisps of pale chalk cloud lying along them and grey mists hiding their heads of all this she saw nothing her mind had run through the printed page back to the noise of the west end one pink finger rested upon a single paragraph as she sat motionless staring blindly from the poor little window she had set it there with an eager little start with a shooting of surprise and burning anger into her cheek and eyes and with the same emphatic feeling she held it there now out damned spot not an act but a tendency not a deed of blood or shame but the taint of the whole nature the inherited and educational hue of the mind she sat there with a frown on her brow and a hard contempt upon her mouth a sombre fury blazing in her eyes and her figure strangely erect and unbending then she looked down again and re-read slowly and with narrow bitter attention the paragraph which had lashed the tenderness out of her face it ran as follows lord h dot r dot dot t we understand has taken his yacht to norway it causes some surprise that his beautiful fiancee with whose name we presume we must not make free to adorn our pages does not accompany him with her mother 
but they say the lovely blonde is not a good sailor and the ladies have preferred a quiet trip to the german baths to reinvigorate themselves after the arduosities of the season some are ill-natured enough to remark that he secures his last few weeks of liberty before entering the bonds of hymen but these are the misanthropes the misogynists and envious certain it is that the distinguished nobleman has during the last few weeks consoled himself from the access of despair which he pre-eminently shared with society in the early spring owing to the sudden and mysterious disappearance of the then queen of society miss j h dot l l dot 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 y we regret to say that beyond hearing that she is well and happy society is permitted to know nothing of the whereabouts of that divine brunette they say the house in blank square so well known for its elegant appointments and recherche gatherings will be closed during the next season whatever can be the motive of the truant fair certain it is that her abdicated throne is admirably filled already by her majestic blonde rival the thing all claws and fangs and horror leaped like a wolf on jessamine's new-born passion End of chapter 14